Welcome to Americans in Germany drinking whiskey. This is Jeff. And this is Alex. Today we're talking about uh, different challenges that we have overcame since moving abroad to Germany. Kind of how we got through them and what they were and should be interesting, I think. Yeah, and this was a, um, I believe, a recommendation from, yes. from a fan when we reached out on Instagram and asked like, hey, what's what's a good, to what's a topic that you think we haven't really brushed on yet? And yeah. it was, how did we overcome certain, I guess, obstacles, expat related obstacles, challenges? Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so let's, uh, let's overcome those obstacles. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is brought to you by myexpattaxes.com. Remember, Americans living in Germany still need to file a tax return in the USA, even though they may not actually owe money to the IRS. But don't worry, you can file a tax return easily and stress-free with MyExpatTaxes.com. I have used them personally for the past couple years, and they've saved me tons of money. You can file your return through their website in as little as 15 minutes. Taxes for U.S. expats are due on June 15th, which is coming up. However, you can file for a four-month extension via My Expat Taxes software for free. And don't forget, filing the F-bar is also included in the standard package they offer. You've never filed your U.S. taxes while living in Germany? My Expect Taxes can help you get tax compliant for a third of the cost of a tax consultant. Please go to myexpattaxes.com. And of course, thank you all for joining us. This is episode 105. Five, yes, okay. 105. And ooh, man, the, suddenly the weather just got very gloomy it was super it, hot it, it was like super sunny three seconds ago <laughs> now it looks like it's about to uh, do a downpour got real dark uh, in here real quick yeah but anyways uh thank you all for joining us again now this is a little blast from the past because we are for the first time in a long time recording <laughs> in alex's house but i mean not the house we used to record in but in a different it, apartment <laughs> it's still your house so still mine yeah, you yeah. know yeah it's uh it's kind of interesting because we're in my uh extra room which has all the living room things from my old apartment in it. So in a way, it feels like a smaller version of my old apartment's living room, but different. It's very bizarre. True. To the, to the right of us, it, I think the one thing that makes you kind of think you're there is there's this huge, huge like floor-to-ceiling shelf with that you have like your books and whiskey on, and that was next to us when we were recording right. the first um, 40 episodes exactly, of, the, yeah. of the show. And so it kind of yeah, it feels and like the it's couch, all come full circle. Exactly. TV, it's all, yeah. It's, it's yeah, it's come full circle. We're back here. It's nice. It's cool to record here. I don't have to go anywhere today. It was easier. Yeah. Uh, and we're here. Uh, my uh, girlfriend finally, after two and a half years, uh, caught the Rona. Got, yes. Got, got COVID, unfortunately. But she's feeling okay, right? Yeah. She, um, I mean, well, I mean, you know, she's mostly just kind of weak, but it, yeah, symptoms compared to how it could be are, yeah, good. Not bad. Uh, but anyways, let's go ahead and get to the nitty gritty. Uh, first, um, some information about Fräulein. Now, what what are we talking about here? Yeah, so I think it was last weekend, last last week, last episode we talked about well, not Fräulein. Weekend, I think yeah, it was last, last week, Wednesday. Last Wednesday or two Wednesdays ago, I can't remember when. We talked about the word Fräulein. Now, you only hear it in like World War II movies. And a writer, uh, a listener of ours, uh, Chris, Paul, Paul, yeah. Paul uh, wrote us and told us why it was. So I, I, I if I remember correctly, he said... Back in World War II times when women had more of a traditional role, that was the use to determine if someone was married or not. Right. It was, yeah, it was a term for unmarried women, and it was used until about the 70s. Um, and But like eventually in the 70s, it was deemed sexist and just kind of was dropped completely because it was like a man, if he was single or married, is hair. But, right. But a woman... 
has to have this special, you know, term for instead of being a Frau or a Frau, she's a Frau or a Fräulein. I mean, it's kind of like in uh, English, uh, Miss versus Mrs. Yeah, um, but it was just it was just kind of like deemed very sexist at a certain point. Yeah, and, good. Um, but anyways, yeah, it is a term that is never used in Germany. I mean, you will. I mean, yeah. I mean, you could spend ten years here and never hear a single person use it because no. it's just, it's just, it's dead. It's dead. Maybe there's one or two people still using it. But anyways, thanks, Paul, for the info. Thank you, Paul. And next, this is just a bit of interesting um, information we saw because you know, once in a while, we we check on um, wh- which countries we have the most listeners from, etc. Right. And I saw we were really high in the, on the charts in Ukraine. Yes. Be- believe it or not. We had, I don't think ever been, but we were, um, I don't know, like number 20 out of the, you know, out of however many hundred podcast, uh, travel podcasts. Um, and I don't know that just, you know, that makes you think because I mean, obviously anybody listening to that podcast is, you know, going through just a horrible situation Nightmare. at the moment. Yeah. So it's just, it's strange and bizarre to think that, and if, if, if any of you listening that you, you, you know, you, you're in the Ukraine and you are listening to us, we hope you're safe. Yeah, you're in our thoughts, hundred percent. Yeah, and just I mean, there's there's absolutely nothing we can say to make the situation any better, other than we just hope it ends as soon as possible. And you guys are all safe. Yeah, what else? that's that's all we can say at this point. But anyways, we're we're with you guys. So um, thanks for joining. Yes, thank you. Um, another news: starting in June, the free quick tests in Germany will no longer be free again. <laughs> uh, the free quick the free tests. quick tests will not be free now. They're just Quick test. Uh, if you catch Corona, quarantining for only five days is necessary, and then I guess you're home free. Yeah, it used to be ten days you had to be a stay at home. Now it's five days, and 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 it actually says after five days you can enter quarantining with a negative test, or if you've just felt good for the past forty eight hours. Oh great! So it, it, even after five days, a negative test isn't really necessary. It's kind of it, everything's very lax it's very it's, all, it's all caring is like out the window it's just it's it's done we're we're done <laughs> we're, we're, we're over it now even though you know it's still rampaging through the world yeah 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 and in, in the same article they were just saying like yeah the numbers are still awful and they expect them <laughs> to get worse uh, in the fall and uh yeah so there you great. go great it's never ending is it I don't, I don't know i mean things in general i mean i'm not saying they are better they feel better they do feel better it's That's kind of true. like uh uh i'm not saying it's real but a real feeling, but you know, I mean, going to any shop now, if you wear a mask, you are the weirdo now. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, except for the grocery stores. Grocery stores are still, I not, see a lot of people yeah, mask, at least around here. Yeah, no, not mine. Um, it's like 5% of the people or less are wearing them. All the employees gave up on it. Maybe because uh, I live in a garbage part of town, so people are scared <laughs> of everyone else. <laughs> well, Noikon did traditionally have some pretty high numbers for yeah. a while. Yeah. But, but now... Now, I mean, that high number, it doesn't matter everywhere it's high numbers. So it's like, you know what I mean? Like even the lowest, highest number now is worse than the highest number back in the day. You know yeah, what I mean? So true. it's just, things are bad, but they're looking good. I mean, sure. <laughs> if you know what I mean? I like, guess. What can but I say? Are you, are you doing well? Are you doing good for for lack of good grammar? Yeah. I'm, I mean, uh, you know, my girlfriend said Corona for the past uh, four days or so, and I have zero symptoms. And I, of course, I, I tested myself before coming over here. Thank you. So I think I'm doing fine. Uh, yeah. And she she's a little mad just because like she's avoided it this long. And I mean, I had it and, and she's been around you having it and her yeah. other coworker having it and her other coworker having it and never got it. And she was like, dude, I have like an iron... 
iron immune system. And it's incredible she lasted this long, to be honest. Yeah. Well done. It got shattered. It, and it's funny enough, now she gets it and she doesn't know a single child, like a child in her kindergarten or a single coworker who has it. So she has no idea how she got it. True. Yeah, that, that, that's actually right. Yeah. So it must have been just a random thing at a at a shop or at a or who knows uh, at the gym or who knows where the hell she got but it. Definitely not on a party that was had. Last no. Weekend. <laughs> no. Uh, but yeah, but speaking also of of Corona and just of, and and um, just the 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 cha- ever changing world we're in now due to yep. the, the war in U- Ukraine, etc. Um, one thing I have noticed the past few days. I mean, I'd slightly seen some prices going up, but li- lately I've seen some things that really jumped, and especially in terms of oils, um, mm, yes. cook- cooking oils. Uh, like the other day when I was go- going to go make my uh, famous orange chicken for your party. Yes. So I had to go and get just like the one liter bottle of um, sunflower oil, you know, to to fry to fry the chicken in, which usually costs one ninety nine. I went to pick it up, and it was four ninety nine. It was five. Oh euro. wow! So now it's three euros, and now oh. And then um, the other day we ran out of olive oil, this bottle we'd had for a while because we only used a little bit. Um, and once again, and then yeah, suddenly that like three, four euro standard bottle, like the you know store brand, um, that is now six fifty, and every other uh, bottle's eight to twelve euro for. It, so the oil, the oils are just way up there now. That's the worst timing for me because I've been using this oil that I bought from a buddy who brought a bunch of oil, olive oil back from uh, Sicily. Ooh, so I bought a giant tub. I've been using it the past few months. You're running out, really? And I'm like almost out now. Oh no! Which is just the worst. I should have saved it. No way, it would have gone up. But uh, yeah, yeah, same thing. I uh, the, I got Duna today for both of us, and each Duna costs six euro. They're usually around when I first moved here were three euro, three fifty four is like normal. Yeah. Six euro. Each. I'd say three fifty between three fifty and four fifty was like the yeah. standard, right? So six but euro. Six like, is that's like, a lot for a Duna. That's uh, that's a spicy meatball. That's a spicy meatball. But um, yeah. But uh, what, yeah, how you been? What you been up to? Actually, I say that all the time. I, mean, do. I know, you know what you were up to on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. So on Saturday, uh, that last weekend, we had some friends visiting from Leipzig. Uh, shout out to uh, Andrew, Devin, and Tina. Uh, we had a really great time together. And um, yeah, they came over, went on a bunch, a bunch of walks around around Neukölln, found some new areas I haven't seen before, some really cool spots. Nice. Uh, and then, yeah, I invited people over on Saturday and on my rooftop terrace some one of my neighbors throwing a party with like a dj and everything so that was super cool having like a little club on the top of my building but an actual like dj setup it wasn't, full wasn't on just setup. some guy with an with, iphone yeah yeah exactly it was a full-on uh, dj setup so that, that was pretty cool and uh yeah sunday I did nothing and the weather the past two days has been like summer i'm wearing shorts right now like 28 degrees super duper nice came out of nowhere i was telling my girlfriend today i was like but I still can't believe that it's over, meaning like winter, you know, because it, if it, every year it feels like that thing that's just never going to go away. And anytime you have like a nice day of weather, it just feels like a tease. And you're just like, no, guys, because you always think it's never yeah. going to come. It's never yeah. going to come. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I'm su- I'm super happy. And uh, you know what else makes me super happy? Is it whiskey, Jeff? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Today we have a really cool bottle of whiskey with uh, the logo on it is raised glass. I love mm. that. Uh, this is Signal Hill Whiskey. That's all it says on the front. Signal Hill whiskey, and it is um, a Canadian whiskey. Yes, and it says, "Welcome to one of Canada's most beautiful and iconic landmarks, Signal Hill." Or that means nice. So, um, 
I mean, I'm excited because it's been a long time since we had a Canadian whiskey. Super long time. I think like first 30 episodes. But I mean, every Canadian whiskey we've had has been amazing. There's Always. like Lot 40, Pike Creek, uh, Canadian Club. Like it's just like, all it's good. all really good. For sure. So uh, let's pop this guy open. Hmm. Okay. It's all right. It's okay. Ooh, new glass. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Actually, you don't know how much to pour because a different shaped glass. And I know. Because we're at your place. I apologize for the... Um... Yeah, water, water stains could have like uh, wiped out their shirt or something my bad mm. got a robust aroma Ooh, a robust <laughs> aroma <laughs> sorry <laughs> i just mm. for some reason earthy that, tones for some reason i was just like i really want to say robust aroma it's, like, a, ro- it's a robust it's, aroma it's just uh, cheers buddy cheers it's delicious mm. really good Oh, Canada. Oh, Canada. What can they do wrong? Nothing. Fair. Right? <laughs> and I, I saw Alex look to the sky thinking about it. He couldn't think of anything. Canada's pretty great. Yeah. Um, yeah. And before we get started, make sure you check out our website, everyone listening here. It's agdwpodcast.com. Uh, I finally updated the whiskey page, so it's all there <laughs> now. Uh, we got extras. We got the podcast episodes on there. We got a bunch of good stuff on there, so check it out. And we also don't forget about the shelf of fame. Yes. And, uh, you know, you get on there by just, you know. Being awesome to us. Being awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very subjective selection process. <laughs> but uh, without further ado, let's get into uh, the episode, which is challenges that we've overcome um, since moving abroad, uh, kind of focused on, you know. Being expats, stuff like that. Yeah, and actually, a, a great recommendation from from a listener. I, I'm very sorry, um, forgot the name of, of who gave us the recommendation, but you know who you are. Very good recommendation. Yeah, um, also, I'm, I'm I'm excited for this one. Yeah, when we read that, we're like, like suddenly a lot, just so much came to mind, and we're like, oh, that's that's an e- that's, that's fun. That's a fun one. That's an that's an e- easy in the sense. Yeah, it's just all there, you know, like because exactly cause, only you and I know our <laughs> biggest. Or accomplishments, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, all, all of you guys know or don't know, uh, if you have not done the move yet, moving abroad, it's, there's nothing easy about it. No. And especially the first few years, it can be very challenging. So um, maybe a few of these challenges will uh, ring true to you as well, if you've already done that move. And maybe it'll help prepare those of you who are about to. Exactly. So I'll start. And uh, obviously the first one is deciding to buy tickets and actually move to the country. I mean, that's a pretty big challenge uh, mentally to really decide, like, I'm going to give up everything that I've known, especially as someone who I didn't really travel at all. Um, yeah, you'd never been to Europe before. Never been decision, to Europe. Right? I mean, yeah. I went to, like, Mexico as a kid. I went to, like, Puerto Rico or something like that. I went to L.A., uh, Canada once. But, like, I didn't really travel. I stuck around New England, did my thing, and, you know, I, I was doing fine. I had a good time. But, yeah, that, that mental hurdle of... Uh, that conversation that I had with my friend to tell me to move and actually thinking about like, this is a viable thing. And I, I can't even think about the mindset I was in back, you know, mm. eight and a half years ago, however long it was. Yeah. What, what, what age roughly were you at about this time? So I was 22. Okay. Uh, 31 now. So, you know, it's a while ago. Yeah. And I can't imagine doing that again. You know what I mean? Like now that I'm here and I'm settled and like, I love it here. I can't imagine just being like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to get up and go. Hell no. Yeah. And you know, like, I'm glad you brought this up because it's something that we kind of, we forget is that initial decision to move halfway across the world 
is a huge thing. I mean, it's a just like complete life change, like yeah. giving up everything you have, hoping things work out in this new place. Um, but, but so, I mean, we told the story a few times. Your, your friend calls you and says like, hey, you know, who's living in Berlin? Hey, get over here. There's a lot of places for kindergarten right. teachers. Before that moment on that phone call, you, you were not thinking anything about moving abroad or no, moving no, anywhere, no, right? Not even a little bit. So, like, so this, it was is, this is all new, thing. This is all new information to you, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like that. Do you that, remember that, what when that was first told to you? What your like initially? We were like, were you still kind of wary, or, well, or immediately we were like, yeah. When she said, I thought she was joking. I was like, ha ha, ha find me a job. And she's like, yo, there are so many kindergarten jobs. Like they need you. And then I was like, well, that's pretty cool. And then I think after our conversation ended. I um I went on Google and I looked up like Berlin, like reason with Berlin. What's so cool about Berlin? Like I read a million articles. Back then there weren't many podcasts or like things about it, but I did find some articles. I was like, this place looks sweet. And, <laughs> and you know, she told me about the the, the three month visa. So I thought, yeah, I'll just go for three months. Uh, but I did buy a one way ticket, and uh, because you thought you were coming back, or just because just or was just a, I I, I was in the mindset of moving. Okay, because I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go. When I do things, I kind of go like 100% in. But you were but you were thinking, oh, I'm going to go try it for a year. Or you were like, I'm going to go and live there for the next rest of my life. Or... There was really, I didn't really think that far. Oh, okay, okay. I was 22. Okay, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I thought I'm going to move there and I'll just see what happens. So so yeah, just doing that, like that, that mental hurdle is definitely a challenge. And then actually going online, buying the tickets and making it real, mm. um, you know, was a whole thing. No, no, stop, no stopping at that point, no right? No stopping at that point. Yeah. And the challenge, you know, then having to... I worked like as hard as I could that summer to like make as much money as I possibly could. So when I arrived in Berlin, I'd be I'd be good for a while because um obviously I wanted to last as long as I could on the little money that I had. Sure. I mean But uh yeah. and I think that's also a good reminder for like like you said, for anyone who's thinking about it, like, yeah, this is a big decision. It's not light and it's not easy. So like if you can get past that initial like, I'm gonna do this, then you got it. Th- that's pro that might be actually the hardest decision of them all of moving abroad, right? Is yeah. the, just to to actually do it. Because I, I think in theory, everyone's like, I can do that. I'm going to do it. Which you always think about it, right? Mm. But with the concrete, like buy tickets. I have tickets now. I'm going Pack to fly bags. out. Yeah. Packing, yeah, packing the bags. And that's what makes it real. And I only moved, I think, three months after I decided. So like that, after that conversation, I moved like three months after that. It wasn't that long. Um, yeah. It, but yeah, that was so, definitely like a challenge for a bit, uh, even though it sounds like it wasn't because I did it so quickly. But uh, of course, saying bye to your friends and your family and going to someplace you've never seen before, um, it's, it's that's a big decision at 22 a, years old. Ex- I mean, extremely difficult. I mean, uh, yeah, again, you're, like, you're giving up everything for possibly nothing. Cause, cause yeah. you, you know what I mean? Because like, you don't know am I, if we're going to make friends or get a job or... If I even like or it, could, yeah, or even, yeah, maybe, maybe, and and, I, and I'm sure that's happened to somebody who's moved abroad wherever, and they arrive there and they're like, I do not like this place, or and, and, or I just don't like being away. I like being, home. you know, yeah. you, so many things could have happened that went wrong, uh, or like mentally even you know, of of myself of thinking like this is too much to deal with. I'm gonna my family too much. This country sucks. Learning German's too. That's such a a big thing. Like. Mm. I was in a mindset of like, yeah, I'm gonna learn a new language. Like, what the hell? Yeah, I want to. I can learn new language now. I'm still learning German. Yeah. <laughs> so like, just so many weird mental places I was in that I just can't imagine being in now. Uh, it's it's bizarre. It's bizarre looking back on it for sure. Yeah. So if if you're in that process of de- deciding whether or not to officially do it, um, you know the like, 
the like storm that's brewing in your brain. It's right. not just you. It's happen. It happens to everybody. I mean, because it because it, it's it's so easy to be like yeah, but then to actually like pull that lever. Yes. Ooh, that's like from from one to the other is a is a huge difference. Hundred miles, man. Like uh, yeah, it, 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 it's not real until I think you buy those tickets, and then it's like really concrete. You're moving. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that, that's actually really, I, why didn't I think of that one? That's actually a really good one. Just, just make a decision, man. I mean, <laughs> decision alone is, it's a big challenge. Um, and, and for me, for my first one, this one, because, and I, and I think I've mentioned it a few times before is that I've moved to Germany twice, actually. Right. The first time I moved to Europe was kind of not really on a lark, but it was like, ah, I was out of high school. I'd, I'd always wanted to just, to just tr- try living in uh, somewhere else, living yeah. abroad, living in Europe. And I'd always been interested in the German language. So I kind of just said, you know what, for three months, I'm going to move to Vienna, uh, take some German courses and just do something for me, you know, because like those last few years of high school, it was just like all these courses that I didn't really care about. But I was like, you know what, I'm interested in learning German. What does Jeff want to do? Yeah, let's go do that. But just for a few months. And then I did that for a little while. Things happened, blah, blah, blah. Ended up moving to to Berlin um, for a few months. But at this point, um, and I think I've mentioned it, I inadvertently was overstaying my visa. Um, <laughs> and also once I got to, to Germany uh, and to Berlin, I moved to a place where I didn't know a single person, like not, not a, like literally not a single person. Yeah, you, you didn't have the luxury that I have of, of going to move in with somebody who I knew from college. You, you were just full on yourself. Right. And I had made a few friends in Vienna and knew at least something about Vienna, but I moved to Berlin. I knew nothing about Berlin. I was coming in very cold. Um, and at the time, you know, I, I had brought enough money to last me those three months in Vienna. Now it's like, you know, many months beyond that. Yeah. So my money's really slim. Um, and I've also, I'm realizing I overstayed my visa, so I can't really technically get a job. So I'm in this limbo where I, I can't really continue my German language courses because I can't afford it. I can't get a job. Um, and I was stupid and got an apartment living by myself. So I'm not, I'm, so I'm just not, I'm not meeting anybody. And it led to the kind of this like depressing, dark place where just, you know, a lot of time by myself, yeah. um, you know, and it, I think it's a place a lot of expats get to, you know, like they, they move abroad. They don't put themselves out there or they don't make a connection for whatever reason. And those first or, few months or, can or be Or even very, if you do, even if you do, those yeah. first few months can be super duper challenging. Yeah. Very lonely. Um, Anyways, it got to the point where I was like, I have to move back. I have to move back. I'm out of money. I have to reset, um, you know, my uh, my time in the Schengen so I can return legally, etc. Um, and at that point, anyways, what I'm getting to is the, the challenge that I overcome that I'm proud I did was the fact that I came back because a lot of people that would have been it. You'd have moved back home yeah. and that would have been your attempt to move abroad. And, and that would have been your story of, you know, you tried and you did everything you could. It just didn't work out. And, and I'm sure it left a bit of a sour taste in your mouth. So even attempting to go back was pretty courageous, actually. Yeah. And, and that's not why I'm bringing, I'm not bringing it up to be like, oh, ooh, pat me on the back, whatever. You know, it's just fine. I won't. I'm just, no, I, that's very nice. You said that. <laughs> I took it back. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, cause, and then especially once you get back home and you get back into the, your comfort zone it was so hard to be like, okay, I'm going to go back to that place that I know is hard. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, 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 true. Um, but I really, I pushed myself in it because I, the one thing that kept popping in my mind was, I don't want this to be my story. This, this fail, like, I want to really give it a go, really have a job, have some friends, really li- not exist in Europe, but live in Europe for a little bit and say, at least I tried that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I kept, so I saved up some money and really pushed myself to 
to move back to Berlin and do it the right way. And I'm glad I did because obviously 10 years later, I'm still here and <laughs> True. all worked out. But, um, but yeah, that's the challenge I overcome was, was, um, you know, coming back home to all that comfort zone and actually kind of pushing myself to like, nope, throw yourself back into the deep end of that place that, that you what, know that, was difficult yeah. and challenging and hard and yeah. they're all just ending them for the same word but you know they're all that yeah it was rough but anyways I, i'm happy i overcame that because um i could see if i had re if say if i went to time machine and redid it again maybe jeff wouldn't have overcome it the second time or you know what i mean like who yeah, knows sure who maybe, knows who knows so but you did it good for you hey hey <laughs> all right uh my next one is just like finding a job at all and like, like I did say there at the time and even now, Berlin is desperate for kindergarten teachers and um, not especially English speakers, but it's still helpful. But a um, little context of when I was in the States and I just graduated uni with a early childhood education degree, I did not have a teaching job. I was working at a pizza place and I applied for a few jobs, but like I wasn't really, you know, that hardcore looking for a job. I was right. very kind of lazy in that aspect. So the fact that I moved here and I kind of took that motivation ball and kept rolling it. But I think you had to because in Rhode Island, right, eh, I can go live with my parents. I can, you know, you have a lot to right. fall back on. And too. a lot of big, big yeah. cushion to fall back on for sure. Here it's like, there's nothing. It's like, I need money or else it, it's over. It's right? do or die. I need money yeah. and, and like, I, I need a visa. Yeah. So for the first two weeks, I didn't look at all. Maybe in three or four weeks. Like the first month, I don't think I looked for a job at all. I was just enjoying the city. But then I was like, all right, Alex, so like I'd wake up early and like I started going online looking for jobs, nice. writing things down, like uh working on my resume, my C V and like applying again, like And and again, you're you're young pup, you're in your early twenties, which is so so easy to be lazy and just be like, eh, I'll go play some Call of Duty and you know. Yeah, for sure. And especially because I'm applying for teaching jobs in a school system that I don't even understand or know anything about. Mm. You know, so I'm coming fresh from school where I just learned about teaching in Massachusetts. Uh, and we, of course we studied from education around the world a bit, but like, obviously we're focusing on what we're going to be doing as a career in Massachusetts. So I was applying to jobs, international schools, not even knowing, not even being stepping foot into an, into, into an international school in my life, not understanding how they're run or what a kindergarten in Germany is. So I was doing that research a bit, but I was just applying to places back and forth yeah. and, you know, going on public transportation by myself for the first few times and going to these schools and doing interviews and trial days and getting rejected and going again and getting rejected and going again yeah. and getting rejected. Um, but you kept you kept going at it though. Yeah, I, of course. Like I, yeah. at that point, I was probably like the most motivated I'll ever be in my life trying to get that job because that job meant a visa and that visa meant I can stay and staying meant everything to me at that point. Yeah, but I should point out like even though there's that motivation because you need a job, right? I mean, there's so many people, especially in their early 20s, who move abroad and then you just get caught up in the I'm in Berlin or I'm in London and all your time is just enjoying the city, going clubbing, you know, doing the fun, like, oh, it's like, like a summer vacation kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. And even though they need the money, they screw that up by not really being motivated. So, True. so, so what you did is not actually, um, an easy feat at, you know, at that age, you know what I mean? Yeah, fair. I or, mean, or anytime you move abroad because like, oh, so much new stuff. I, I want to go explore that and not spend my time at home searching for jobs, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and to be fair, it's like, obviously I met, I met my, you know, Bobby, my girlfriend at that point. So I wanted to stay and like, see what, ha what can develop with her sure. as well, because you know, I was smitten. Um, so I was also the motivation too, but you know, when I was uh, applying for jobs and looking, you know, she was at work, my uh, roommate was at work. So I was by myself and 
I never really traveled before. So I'm not the one that's going to go explore, at least back then, not the one to go explore by myself, really. Ah, gotcha. Like, yeah. I did a few days, but otherwise, like, honestly, when I was first here, I was kind of watching a lot of TV while in between applying for jobs and stuff. Because mm. I really, I really wasn't one of those people just to, like, ah, I'm going to okay, go walk okay. off by myself. And I don't know why, which is oh, okay. stupid now. I'm the exact opposite. Like, I was just, I, I would just look at something and be like, ah. And then I'd be like, I'd get on a bike and just, just cycle around and, like, you know, just be like, just checking things out, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know why I didn't do it that often. I mean, I remember a few times I did it, but not super often, which is stupid. I wish I had that time back now when I worked, you know, one and a half months and not working. I wish I had that now. I could take advantage of it and go explore. But back then, it wasn't really part of my modus operandi, yeah. so to speak. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just, just, you know, that the grind of applying, applying. And then, luckily, when I finally applied to the school I'm working at now, and I went in for the interview... Uh, right when I walked into the doors, I was like, this is a place I want to work at. I could just tell I got a feeling. I really vibe with the heads and I vibed with the uh, curriculum and the pedagogical uh, direction they were going in. Mm. So I was like, "This ha-, I came back. I was like, this has to be the place. It has to be. Yeah. And luckily it was. And I mean, I'm still there eight years later. But uh, yeah, I, I think I think that job search was definitely a big challenge, a big hurdle because um, after, you know, the first few weeks of living here that like i guess that kind of i move into europe excitement's kind of gone because now you're there yeah and now it's like okay now i'm in europe i need to stay here I, yeah how, how, how do i do that yeah yeah yeah. like that you're not gonna do that with like chilling out and you know right in, chilling out max and relaxing all cool you yeah. know um so yeah getting the job and getting the visa was i think um the second giant hurdle uh, I had to go through, and most people do have to go through. Absolutely, anyways. I mean that first job is so because that's that job that cements you in the system, gives you that right. visa. Like what? Usually, once you get that first job, it's easy to continue being in the system. Right. But getting into the system is hard. That's hard. And, you know, I, I don't. I, I'm sure people will be listening to this and being like, "That's not that big of a challenge, not that big of a hurdle." Which, yeah, a lot of people have gone through this as well. It's not anything super unique, but uh, I'm so proud of it. <laughs> it's also searching for a job in a place that is not your native language yeah and not your native culture you know what i mean like which is two big things sure and every expat who wants to live for a while and gets a job has to do this it's not anything you know but but everyone does it it's a huge hurdle for but everyone does a huge hurdle so uh i think anyone who has done this should pat themselves in the back congratulations because it's not it's not easy it's 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 tough to get that that motivation uh like i said especially being home alone all day you know and no one be there be like, Alex, you want to stay, get a job. You want to stay, get a job. I was like, I do it myself. And I'm not a very good self-motivator uh, at all. So, uh, yeah. Very good. Myself with yeah. That. <laughs> proud of you, too. Thanks, man. Uh, next one for me. And this one actually, believe it or not, was motivated by a message from a listener um, from Greta, who messaged recently. She she gave us this message where she was saying, hey, I love you guys talked about or she's like, is this just me? Have you guys experienced this? I'd love for you to talk about if you guys experienced this. Okay. And she was talking about the feelings of insecurity moving when you're after you move abroad and and being unable to truly settle and feel at home uh, in terms of being able to actually get an apartment, um, especially when you don't have a you know, a proper job contract to show, you know, you're a foreigner. Sure, sure. You know, if you, when, when you move abroad, including Berlin, it, when you're a, okay, when you're a foreigner, that puts you at the bottom of the list. Sorry, it just does. And if you don't have a permanent contract with a job, it puts you at the bottom of the list in terms of finding an apartment. So like, and, yeah. and it can put you in this awkward limbo. And this actually inspired me because it reminded me 
of I had gone through the exact same situation she was describing. And so that's, I'm going to list that as my second hurdle that I overcame. Nice. Um, because in the first two years I lived in Berlin, I lived in eight different apartments. Oh my gosh. Um, because, because I haven't lived in eight different places in my whole life. Yeah. Well now <laughs> I've lived like 11 in Berlin and, but yeah, but yeah, when I say 11, be like, Oh, one per year. Cause you lived here 10 years. Like, no, most of them are in the first two years. <laughs> uh, because I had a problem. A, I'm a foreigner. Yes. B, I'm a freelancer. Also makes it work. So, uh, so that's the same as to them as being unemployed. I don't have the full, no, it's full a very time. good point. A freelancer contract is, uh, is as good as poopy. Um, you're basically a non-human. Uh, so yeah, you're for, filth. <laughs> yeah. So for those first few years, I'm looking for an apartment and you know, like what I call a real apartment is the apartment is yours. You are the main name on the lease. Like, you know right. what I mean? You, you are renting it from a housing agency. You're or not whatever. subletting it. You're not someone's roommate. Exactly. You are the person who has the roommate. Yeah. But getting that you need most of the time. Uh, to be German, that helps, and or or at least be fluent in, oh, as a German speaker. Yeah, or at least be fluent in German and have a full time contract. Then they feel confident with you, and they'll actually consider you. Now, me, I'm a foreigner. My German language, especially in the first few years, was awful. Uh, freelancers, so basically, it was like I didn't have a job. And so, just like Greta had mentioned, basically, I just went from sublet to sublet every three months. So I, I would, you know, there'd be like um, a girl. She's She's going out of town to the States for a semester abroad, whatever the hell, you know? And so her place is empty for three months. I go to live at her place. Then there's the next person. And it was to the point where basically roughly around the time I moved into a place, that month I'm already starting to look for my next sublet. So Right, for- and, and this is not uh, also not a very unique experience. A lot of people do this. Yeah, so it's and not, it's, it's not easy. It's, so it's, it's not easy to get these sublets. You're, no. still, you're still fighting against people. And the thing is, you did, for those first few years, I really felt, I almost wanted to go back home because I really did not feel at home because I'm always in somebody else's apartment that I cannot change. I can't put my own pictures on the wall. I right. can't I can't live in it as I want to be. I have to just leave it as is. It's already furnished with other people's stuff in there. It's not even your stuff and like... You need your stuff. Exactly. And 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 that requires also like I'm living out of my suitcase for the first two, three years because in a couple boxes. So you you really never feel like you settle anywhere. And yeah, you, can, you, you can never really feel at home on the weekends when you're relaxing because, again, you're in somebody else's place. You can't really touch anything. You, you got to keep it spotless. And and so you constantly have this feeling of you really don't belong anywhere. You don't have a home, really. You, yeah, sure. you feel like almost like you're living out of a hotel for for a few years. And just the constant stress and pressure of, I, can, I don't move in somewhere and then I'm like, I can relax. Like Again, it's like, because it takes so long to find the next place, I have to already start looking for the next. So it's like, And I'm sure it's like always on your mind every day of yeah, where am I going to live next yeah, month and yeah, next month. Yeah, and you're always like three, four times a day or even more. You're checking the the websites emailing people, hey, I'd love to, and you have to find places that match your timeline, you know, because you have a random timeline. Yeah, also true. This sublet lasts exactly three and a half months, and I need a place exactly in the middle of June. So uh, these random timelines and stuff. And and then, yeah, eventually, after doing sublets of my own places, then I'm like, okay, I want to do Vegas because I want to meet more people um, at least and pay a little bit less money. But even then, I was hopping around a lot, um, and it and I, I hate to say this, but it wasn't till about four years ago, so like six years into my German experience, that I finally had a home. That I had, 
I had my own apartment because I finally got to the place where, and the time where there's actually a few housing agencies in Germany that are cool with freelancers. And I just got lucky and somebody gave me an apartment. I had my own home and I could finally truly settle. And awesome. You know, and six uh, years it took you. But six years. Yeah. I think. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I'm, I'm not saying that's going to take everyone else the same, but I, I, if you got, if anyone else is in that same experience, I feel yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's, it, it makes it hard to want to stay somewhere for a long period of time when you feel that way, when you feel like you don't have a home to go back to. Well, like you, you said, know, it's yeah. hard to stay somewhere for a long period of time when you don't have somewhere to stay for a long period of time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, good on you. That's not easy. Yeah. But I, I guess, I guess it was just like, I, I still enjoyed Berlin. I still enjoyed the people I knew. And so, I mean, if I didn't, then I wouldn't have put the effort in, I guess. So fair. Yeah. Nice. what you got? what you got come up next? Okay, so uh, my next one is, it's not a giant, you know, hurdle I overcame, but well, uh, I, mean, I guess a little bit. Who I don't knows? know. Who knows? Depends. So um, for, for many of you who've been listening to the show for a long time, I've talked about my girlfriend, Bobby. She's been on the show twice. True, twice. Uh, she's on the live uh, stream where she said hello. Three with, times. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So with Bobby, uh, when I first, my, my first night, we met at my first night in Berlin. First night I came here, we met, which was incredible. What are the odds of that? I, I know. Who, who, who meets their long-term partner their first day in a city i know right like like my my life partner first day i mean that wasn't my plan at all my plan was to come to to germany you know have some fun but um we still had some fun we did we had a lot of fun but yeah so so i met the first night i was pretty smitten and the story also goes i met i I was actually asked my friend about someone else before i asked about bobby Mm. Uh, but she was married so i went to bobby after (laughs) (laughs) but i was just asking about everyone she's probably the first one i asked about dude you don't have to uh, like apologize. This is your first, not even day, your first few hours in Berlin, Fair. right? Come on. Like, and you're in your early twenties. <laughs> Come on. So yeah. Anyways, we got really got to know each other. And we, we got along so well, but you know, long story short, I'm going to this really brief was it took her about like a year to really want to be like official together. Uh, because you know, she wanted to give me all the opportunities to go out and explore and have a good time. And you know, as a single man in Berlin, but I don't want to be a single man. And like there was one point where we almost stopped it. And then I was like, you know what? no, <laughs> You'll come around eventually, <laughs> and finally, eventually, she came around, and uh, my mom was very happy too because the plan was for her to come to the states with me, but the plan was made before we were officially like, you know, boyfriend girlfriend. Yeah. So uh, we call my mom right after, and she's like, "Oh my god, I'm so relieved. I don't have to tell the family." <laughs> Here's Alex's <laughs> friend. Um, yeah. So I'm really happy that you know I. Uh, I didn't give up on it, and uh, and I stayed with her because she's the best thing in my life. Yeah, um, oh man, it's, yeah. a, it's a great story actually, and it's actually really sweet because the reason she didn't want to get together right away that first year wasn't because she didn't like you. From what I understand, it was like she knew, okay, hey, he's this young guy just moved to Berlin, like you know, do your thing, have some fun. Like, why would you settle down right away? Like, yeah. like m- m- get that out of your system first, you know, like kind of like that kind of a thing. Right. She's the best. Yeah. That, 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 that's exactly it. Um, because, yeah. she, Cause she's like, how could he be in for a serious relationship on day? Like, well, and honestly, who would, who, who, yeah, would, who would think different than her? Like, yeah. What, what you just landed her. Yeah. You want a serious relationship. Okay. You know, but like, like have you seen her? Come on. It's <laughs> 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 <This is> quick. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's a small little cheeky, Cheeky little hurdle. <laughs> that's, that's actually, yeah, that's a good story. The hurdle was her. I got over her to get to her. <laughs> you had to, you asked her, help me help you. Right. <laughs> by getting, by, by helping me. Yeah. yeah, by helping me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's mutual help. Come on. Mutual help. Helping each other. Yeah. 
next, okay, mine's not as a cute, cute story. Sorry, this is kind of a buzzkill for that story. Now. Nice. Because uh, being a freelancer, uh, it looks awful. Now, okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so, so this story, this hurdle that I'm proud of overcoming is um, the fact, A, I was a freelancer and if- Am. <laughs> am a freelancer. And if you've ever been to Germany, like we've mentioned before, um, basically means you're a non-human and, and literally everything- like bureaucratically just goes against you. Everything is just harder. Like for example, because of the situation, um, you know, with inflation, with due to Corona and the, and the, and the, the war happening right now and right. gas prices are up, everything's up. So like Germany is, is giving a uh, 300 Euro to every citizen to be as like a kind of like a, a tax break kind of thing, like to, Hey, uh, you know, electricity and gas prices are going to go up what, so, right now. Yeah, yeah. Within the next couple months. So, oh. so yeah, every person's going to get 300 Euro, right? Sweet. If you're a salaried person, and this is an example to show you how just annoying it is. If you're a salaried person, it's just immediately added to your little checkie there, right? But if you're a freelancer, it has to go in your taxes so you won't get the money for like a, till a year and a half from now. Oh, my God. Uh, so, and like aren't freelancers are probably the ones who need it the most, right? Exa- the oh, most yeah. affected by, by, by the um, inflation at the moment. Exactly. But basically, they have to wait until you declare taxes for 2022. So that'll be in 2023. And then blah, blah, blah. So, so anyway, that's an example of like everything that happens Ridiculous. in Germany that sounds easy and great. If you're a freelancer, there's a backwards, harder version of it that you have to de- I, you have to deal with. I like, always imagine like being a freelancer. It's kind of just like living in the states for some things. <laughs> it's like you, you have to go through a lot of extra hurdles to get things done. Where when you're a contract, everything's just kind of like taken care of for you automatically, and it's easy. Yeah, the thing is like when I was a freelancer, in the, being a freelancer in the states is way. And I did it for a few years. It's way easier than doing it here. Okay, there's just so many extra hurdles. Taxes is a pain in the ass. Um, you have to, you have to, you know, sign up and register here, there, and everywhere. Sure. And you know, you you don't get the the sweet medical insurance that you, that you you that salary oh, people yeah. get. Um, I don't get all the benefits that salary people get. So you got to like do this private health insurance. Like a second class citizen over here. All, all this stuff. Um, and so my hurdle was just the hurdle of being a freelancer. And um, like, how are I, you not in jail yet? And and that, that's that. That's that's also like what I'm happy about is being a freelancer. Like, especially in the beginning, there's there's so many things. Okay, I got to register here as a freelancer. Get this Steuernummer and do this and do that and blah blah blah. And there's so many opportunities to do something wrong. Yeah, and, sure. And you, the whole time, and I'll be honest, I still feel have this feeling to to this day at, at, a, at a certain point. But especially in the first few years, you have this feeling of like, like one day there's just a, like a couple of dudes are gonna show up to my front door and be like, "You're done. You're you're out of here. You're like done. you're getting you're getting like here's your plane ticket. You're getting booted. You know, like you're just you know." <laughs> Um, so anyways, being a freelancer is just very difficult and I'm happy 10 years later I've made it because the thing is the type of work I do, it's just hard to do it as a salaried position. So, but, but I, I think I will start leaning towards that way just cause it's just, a, it's just a pain in the ass. Yeah. Fair. Good. Good on you. Good on anyone who's uh, freelancing. I didn't realize until we do this podcast and we always talk about things where I'm like, this is easy. And you're like, actually <laughs> as a freelancer, it's not. So I, I, I gained a lot of, a lot of respect for people who are freelancing in this country because uh, it sounds really difficult and it's not something I would want to do. And there's not like three people who will do it. It's like, there's, it's probably like uh 10%, 10, 15% of Germany is probably freelancers. Yeah, probably. So, so it's like many million, millions and millions of people who are freelancers and because of their job, job classification, like they can't do anything else. Like they're, they're on a gig economy. You know what I mean? Like it's not a salary type of thing. And so you you can't not be a freelancer for certain jobs. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, so you just, yeah, it is what it is. But <laughs> yeah, anyways, uh, happy I'm still here. Good on you. 
Um, all right, my next one quickly is getting my Berlin teaching degree or or not degree, I guess, um, uh, certification and also getting my B2 German uh, class because those, those kind of come one in one. Which, so, again, sounds easy, but yeah, it's not. It's a challenge. So the way Berlin does things is really, really stupid. So you can have uh, you can have a master's, a bachelor's in other parts of Germany or around the world, and um, Berlin's like, yeah, that's cool, you have that, but no, you do our thing. It means get- it mean, actually means nothing to us, pretty much. I mean, it means a little bit, but not as much as you would think, because the whole point of a bachelor's and a master's program is that it's international, mm. but Berlin doesn't doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a I have a bachelor's in psychology and early childhood education, like perfect for a kindergarten teacher literally or you, or you think yeah. what i was trained for <laughs> yeah. right great uh and then you know i started working like you need you need to get your qualification obviously in berlin to get more money to get paid by the state with stuff like that and um so I had, I had to go to the meeting with this guy and he told me i had to do 180 hours of trainings plus can i be too german and like a certain amount of time whatever it was mm. so um 180 hours it sounds little but think like max you can do is eight hours a day but well, this is we, as I'm working. So yeah. I, you know, I, some days I, I, you know, I, I left work and did it during working time because work allowed it yeah, before so work. Come do a few hours at a time at a, at, a, at a shot, right? So right. like that takes a while to add that up to the 180 hours. That's that's quite a bit. It, yeah, exactly. So it, it did take a few years for sure. Um, and, you know, they're all in German. Most of them were in German. Where at that time I didn't speak very good German, and I kind of just sat through it, tried to get you know the little. Oh, the class was in German. Yeah, yeah, of course. All, most of them were in German because oh it's for Berlin. Oh my god! So, so like they, half the time, where you just like, I have no idea what's oh, happening right now. I remember the first like ten or fifteen of them when my German was really bad. I was just sitting there and just waiting for the clock to run out. You know what I mean? Um, but then I did some that were actually super interesting. Once my German got better, I got really into them. So I actually enjoyed a lot of them. Yeah. To be fair, because I enjoy teaching and enjoy pedagogy. Yeah, pe- sure. Pedagogy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so just going through that, and then I also had to get my B two. And that's what they cared most about is getting a B two German. Oh, yeah, I can you explain like maybe for people who don't know like what is the B system A system. Oh yeah, true. So if you're learning a language, um, that's like rated by how good you are. Is A one is like beginner, A two a bit better, B one, and then B two, which is conversational. Like B two means like you can do the language. Well, actually, um, it was C level is the fluency. Right. C yeah. C one and C two are like fluent, but B two means like. You're pretty dang good. Yeah. You're, you're, you're pretty damn good. And um, so I needed a B2. And that was mo- that was like the biggest thing they wanted was B2. I've known some people who um, they said no trainings, just the language. Like, but I, who's, who's they? The, the, you mean your, your, your work, your employer? Yeah, uh, uh, no, other colleagues okay. who met with the Sanats and they said, you need just do a B2. We don't really care about anything No, no, else. but I mean, like you, you said they really wanted the B2. Who's they? The Senats, the, oh, the people who are in charge of schools. Can you explain the Senat? The Senat, like the Senate, they're in charge of, you know, the kindergartens, the schools, whatever. So all the rules come from them. But the specific, there's only like one dude, as far as I know, who does like for all the kindergartens in Berlin. And oh, it's geez. ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, our friend right now is going through it, trying to get the B2. Uh, she takes in a few days. So good luck. Oh, yeah, this Friday. Yeah, actually, next episode, uh, we will know if she passed or not. No, we won't. It takes about six weeks to get the results. We won't know if she passed no. or not. So I took the B2 test. Six weeks, dear Lord. I know. I took the test um, four times. Oh, my. Obviously, I failed the first three. And my work paid for the first three. <laughs> did you do it for fun? You're like, did so well. You're like, look, A plus, A plus, exactly. A plus. So uh, yeah, my work paid for the first three tests. And then the fourth <laughs> one. They like, got over it. They're like, all right, dude, we can't afford this Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like, oh, I'm paying for this one. I'm going to pass this one. <laughs> 
And um, uh, when I passed, it didn't say passed. It said like pretty much good enough. Come on, that's pass. Yeah, no, which is a pass. But like, yeah. I thought like, I read, I was like, what does this word mean? Like, my German test, oh. like, what does this word mean? Is this good or bad? It doesn't say failed, but it doesn't say passed. And then I, I showed Bobby, he's like, it means eh, good enough. And I was like, that's good enough for they me. They just say pass or fail, so it's like easy to know. Like I know you, you need like a sixty percent to yeah. pass. There should be like a green like pass stamp and like a red, just like from immediately you're just like done. You know, no, that'd be too easy, Jeff. That'd be too easy. Uh, so yeah, uh, I think going through all of that and like, because the thing is, when I first moved, like the visas, the B two, and the teaching license was like the three biggest, you know, things I wanted to get over with. And first came the B two, and then I got the teaching license, and now finally I have the visa done. So now it's like more living easy and way less stress as these little things that got to get done. Mm. They're all done now. So um, I'm really proud of myself for doing it because after I graduated college, I don't go back to school and study more. Yeah. But at the same time, as a teacher, it's good to learn more and to to get more um, perspectives and outside training and new research. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm happy I did it. It was just still, you know, a pain in the ass. And now I want to do more trainings, but like for me, yeah, not that, because yeah. it required of me, you know? And that's a huge... That there's such a huge difference between education you're required to do and education that you want to do. For sure. I mean, your level of motivation and and um, uh, participation. Yeah, it's from night. It's night and day. Like it's, it's, it's like yeah. it's like reading for pleasure and reading for work. It's yeah. very different things. Uh, but yeah, so that's um, yeah, that's another thing I'm, I'm really happy got over. That's very cool. Yeah, thank you. Uh, my next one is uh, kind of work related. Um, is establishing myself in the German film industry, which, uh, yeah, it was no easy task because I mean, I, I'd been working in the film industry in the U S in California and in, in Hollywood, Ooh, Hollywood for a couple, for a couple years. And basically when you move abroad, no matter what level you're at, where you were, you kind of start from scratch again, like yeah. kind, of, kind of booted to the bottom because like is, is you're those, a foreigner and, and you're, you know, yeah. It isn't one of those businesses of like, it's all about who, you know, so when you're on a stage, kind of know people, know people, so that you know, that's oh, you get reputation. Oh, absolutely! Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I'd gotten lucky in the states. I had, um, well, I wasn't, it wasn't really luck, but I had worked. I worked really hard and caught the eye of this assistant director, and he was like, he literally was like, "Hey, let me take you under, let me take you under my wing. Um, anytime I get a job, you'll be, on, I'll hire you to be on my team. Awesome, you know, and work with him on some cool jobs, whatever. But then yeah, he moved to Germany, and suddenly it's like, well, I don't, I know nobody. Sweet. Um, <laughs> And then, the, yeah, the first six months I lived in Germany, it was just going through savings, going through savings. And then um, I got to the point where I had no one, savings. Yeah, I had one month left of money. So it was like, I have enough money. I can stay another month or I can buy my plane ticket. I can't, I can't do both. So it was like, oh, shit. Yeah, so it's like, so this is a little gamble. Yeah. So it's like in a few weeks, it, it, you know, it was like in a few weeks, I have to make the decision. There's just enough money left to buy that plane ticket. Or I can keep it, and it's like another month in Berlin. Oh God! So what's the decision? I mean, of course, like if I really needed to, I could, you know, call my parents. They would fly me home, of course, whatever, because I'm fortunate in that situation. Sure. Um, but I would, I, I, I hate asking asking for money from anybody, so I rarely do that. Um, anyway, so yeah, I was. It was. It was kind of like a classic, kind of like ooh, if it, it was in a movie, maybe. Um, where you're at the very end of your rope, and then. Just at that moment, I got good luck, and um, and uh, long story short, my dad who was back in L.A. He had somebody move into him next, move into him next door temporarily, and it turned out she was a famous uh, German film editor. Oh, cool! And he just happened to mention his son who just moved to Germany, and she's like, "Hey, here's my card. Have him email me." 
And I did, and she actually answered, went for an interview, and anyways, she's like, yeah, okay, I'll hire you to be on my next movie that's filming in in Berlin. That is and by so serendipitous. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Pure happenstance luck that she was, because a lot of people people say that, like, oh, yeah, he, have them email me. They don't actually care or look at the Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, true, also true, yeah. So it was very nice of her. Good on her, um, yeah. yeah. so she hired me and helped me get the visa and everything, and suddenly my first job in Germany is working on a film with an Academy Award winning German film director. So Brilliant. it was like so cool. It's not even it's not starting on like some small low budget indie movie. It's like, you know, boom, you're there. You That's know? so cool. Um and you know, and you start at the, the very bottom. So I was a, a practicant, uh, basically like yeah, low uh, level intern. intern, editing intern. But by the end of the film, I had been promoted to um assistant editor. Nice. And just like off the races from there and got really lucky um, just through meeting people and stuff, like getting on several projects. Um, she, you know, that, that film editor also helped me get on a few projects as well, of course. And, and yeah, it, like, and it really was like the first few years was not, cause again, like I'm, I'm working on a lot of projects where it's like, you know, mostly Germans. Yeah. And I'm this young American guy who's not fluent in German you know, and I also, but I also, I'm one of those people like, I don't, but like when I go to a party and say it's like 10 Germans and me, I don't want people ch switching to English for me or, or like, yeah, of course, you know what I mean? And, but on these jobs, even if I wanted to, like they wouldn't, they don't give a, a crap, you know, like they're working, they're you're working. working with them. So yeah. either you deal with it, you know? Um, so it was like, so there was like a few uncomfortable situations, obviously, where you're like getting these emails or these phone calls and you're like. What the frick? What the frick did he just ask me? What am I doing? And of course. So, and so, but I'm going home, and I'm like specifically looking up vocabulary that fits to filmmaking and like my and film my vocab. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I'm, um, yeah, like okay, okay. I'm getting these like like you know um, continuity reports from set. The hell does this say? I need, I need to know what it says so I can edit this damn scene. So like you know, so I'm looking into just like specific words that help me and yeah, yeah. To, you know and um <laughs> and anyways like it was it was really rough in the beginning so like yeah de definitely it was a big hurdle because it was like if i didn't if i didn't push myself harder than i normally push myself like it would have been over quick because it's like okay here's this american guy who doesn't know what's going on doesn't understand a german f film um like the, the german film production and how the departments work doesn't understand any any of this like simple german uh, lingo like get rid of him like he's useless like people would stop hiring me you know what i mean sure, like sure. um so anyways really happy that worked out because obviously i need i need that money to feed myself so yeah got a mouth to feed <laughs> exactly so and it just like it it just led to me being able to work on some really great films meeting some really great uh, talented people so uh yeah that's that's uh i'd say my final hurdle that i'm very proud of overcoming well done, i mean there's Jeff. other hurdles but you know what i mean the one we're going to the final hurdle I'm talking about tonight. Yeah, fair enough. Well done, Jeff. Thank you. And you know what, Jeff? For my last hurdle as well is, uh -huh. uh, and it's something I'm really proud of is this podcast we've made. Oh, we've cultivated. Nice. Uh, we cult I think we cultivated a community here of the AGDW listeners and everyone who's you know ever been on our website or or Instagram who's sent us a message us. or whatever. Whatever. So I'm I'm just really proud of proud of what we've done here and proud of everyone who's listening to us and Actually, proud of everyone yeah. who has moved. Uh, who sent us messages that they've done it or thinking about it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm proud actually, of that. I'm proud of all of you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers also, to that. Cheers to that. Nice. Uh, also, what we did cheers over is, let me, let me take a sip first. Oh, yeah. Is. I'll take one little splash. Yeah, you need a splash. Is the Signal Hill. Whiskey. Ooh. Yeah, Signal Whiskey. That's it. Now, I mean, yeah. 
Uh, there's nothing bad I can say about any Canadian whiskey. I I have I'll be damned if I ever in my life have a bad Canadian whiskey. It's just it's just so far has not happened. Yeah, exactly. Cheers. It's one more little cheers and one more little sippy sip. And that's yeah. it, Jeff. I find it like <laughs> yeah. it's super smooth. It's a bit sweet. Uh, it, it goes Canadian down. Whiskeys always have that kind of sweetness, don't they? They do. They're kind of like mm. rice, but I think mm. it's smoother than a, smoother than a rye. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's it just. It's it's a bold, it's deep, it's it tastes good in my mouth. Party in my mouth. Uh, it's it's kind of simple, but I kind of like the simplicity of it. I guess why I think that's actually why I like it a lot. It's not super complex. It's very and simple. Cool bottle. So I, I'm just going with my gut. My gut's gonna be a nine, pretty high score. But oh my, I like it a lot. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go um eight point five. Yeah, nice. I mean, Canadian whiskey, like you said, it never obsessed, does it? And it's non-chill filtered. There it is, non-chill filtered. If you get your whiskey cold. You don't know what you're doing. You're, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, 8.5. Um, yeah, solid freaking whiskey. Yeah, I really it, like it. it. It's, I would say minimalist, yeah. but not in a bad way. No, it, in like it, the it, perfect it's, it's way. Hitting, it's, like it's giving me, it's like hitting those three notes. It's got the burn, it got the sweetness, it got this, that. But it's like not giving me any more, but that's fine because it's like perfect. It's like a German beer. It's just like simplicity makes it super delicious. Mm. I want to drink this all the time. Like I, I really, really like it. Yeah, it's tasty. Cool. What, what's that 94 on the bottle say? On the neck. Uh, the 94 on the neck says at the tasting panel. I don't know which one. It says the tasting panel. 94 points in 2019. Ooh. At the tasting panel. Ooh, 94 points. That's B, a 9.4. And you give it a 9. So pretty close. It is pretty close. I don't know. I'll, well, it could be out of 1,000. A, a Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they put that on their bottle if it was. If you don't know the scale, you see 94, you think, yeah, it's good. Who knows? True. Sure. They should have put this good old slash with 100. That's you know? that's marketing 101, baby. Yeah. Hey, signal hell. Put, put a slash. Just put a slash. Put a little just, slash. Just so we know what's going on. But uh, we're going to slash this episode and finish <laughs> up. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. As always, we really appreciate all your listens, all your donations, all the messages, all the emails, everything that our listeners do for us. We always appreciate. And if you know, if you haven't sent an email or message or donation or anything like please that, please do. Please do. And if you don't want to, also fine. Just thank you for listening. Yeah. That alone makes our days every Wednesday. We get very excited. And um, yeah, we're still going episode 105. So thank you, everybody, again. I, I feel yeah. like every episode we do, more i like i'm more and more appreciative of everyone listening yeah and, and we're still having fun that's the thing is like we've always said like the moment we stop having fun is the moment the podcast ends but exactly. we're still having fun still having fun and, and again if any of you guys have like personal moving abroad questions expat questions that you don't really want shared on um on the podcast we'll, we'll answer those as well like they do not have to be content quote unquote like we're exactly. ha- happy to ask uh, uh, answer any questions and help out any way yeah. we can and Absolutely, uh, like yeah. we always say it's, take everything we say with a grain of salt of course our opinion our experiences yours might be different yeah um yours could be different in the future who knows what's that one with the medicine uh your your results may vary result, let's just let's, let's put that on every, on every yeah. episode to the stamp of results, your results may, vary. may vary it's also limp biscuit album not a very good one results very much did vary in that album <laughs> anyways everybody uh thank you again stay safe stay healthy and of course stay thirsty oh yeah